from Lagos, the nation's commercial capital. This is the News at 10. Live from Channels Television. Reporting tonight, Bukola Samuel Wemimo. Hello and welcome. Tonight, rocket attack on Meduguri concerning. Federal government admits, but says terrorists failed to achieve their objective, assures of safety in Abuja. Ahead of tomorrow's Christmas celebrations, Nigerians continue to make their way to their destinations, but complain of high cost of transportation. The president felicitates with Christians on the occasion of Christmas, urges Nigerians to embrace vaccination and look for silver lining in the middle of a pandemic. And thousands of Christmas flights cancelled amid new restrictions to check Omicron spread. Plus, international news from our London studio. On business news tonight, federal government signs MOU with Developing Africa Group to create the continent's first intellectual property rights commercialization project in Nigeria. And on sports news tonight, Tottenham Hotspur manager Antonio Conte concerned about fatigue for players ahead of the busy festive period in the English Premier League. And from Abuja, the Nigeria Centre for Disease Control launches hashtag celebrate responsibly campaign to curb spread of COVID-19 as the country records 45 cases of the Omicron variant. The federal government appears slightly unsettled by events of Thursday, hours before the scheduled visit of the president to the Borno state capital, when suspected ISWAP terrorists fired rockets into parts of Meduguri, the Borno state capital. However, the inspector general of police, Mr. Usman Al-Kalibaba, said the attack failed to achieve the objective of the insurgents, owing to ongoing efforts by the military. The police boss was speaking after an emergency National Security Council meeting presided over by President Muhammadu Buhari at the State House. Here's our correspondent, Gloria Umezoke, with the details. Hours after the president returned from his trip to Maiduguri, he presides over an emergency National Security Council meeting at the State House. The vice president, Professor Yemi Oshibaju, and all service chiefs were present at the meeting as the protracted attacks by terrorists and criminals became central, particularly after rockets were fired into the Maiduguri airport shortly before the president's visit. The Inspector General of Police, Mr. Usman Al-Khalibaba, is worried about the attack, but believes that the brazen move by the terrorists was largely a failed mission. They are launching into major towns, they are launching in Maiduguri. It is a concern and it has been seriously checkmated and there are efforts to continuously checkmate it. But to, 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 to a large extent, uh, they have not achieved much of what they have intended to achieve because of 
the, the, the situation that the security agencies, particularly the military, put in place. Earlier, multiple explosions had rocked the capital from rockets launched by suspected Boko Haram insurgents, destroying many houses around the Maiduguri airport. To Nigerians. The interior minister, Ralph Aregbeshala, also responds to fears about another potential attack in the nation's capital. There isn't any threats to safety and security of Abuja. Abuja is secure and very, very safe. The council has mandated us to assure Nigerians of their safety, of their security, and enduring peace. Moments later, the president also receives Governor Abdullahi Ganduje of Kano State, and the subject matter did not deviate from the nation's insecurity. The governor identifies the nation's forests as a key challenge, requesting for additional support for forests within the confines of his state. We have observed that the security situation now, our forests are the major problems because they accommodate bandits, they accommodate terrorists, they accommodate armed robbers, and they accommodate also hardsmen who are criminals. And I have requested Mr. President to also establish another institution within that forest. And that forest will be liberated completely. Although the Kano state governor insists there are no terrorists in his state, he believes some politicians are complicit in instigating these terror attacks. And this sort of corroborates what the Minister of Justice revealed in May, identifying some high-profile Nigerians as financiers. Now, the federal government has vowed to continue to uncover these suspects. From the presidential villa, Gloria Umizuke, Channels Television News. Meanwhile, commissioners of police across the country and the federal capital territory, as well as assistant inspectors general of police, have been given marching orders to implement crime prevention strategies and ensure round-the-clock visibility patrols to maintain law and order at this time. The inspector general of police directs the AIGs and CPs to massively deploy human intelligence and other operational assets at their disposal to all public places, including residential areas, places of worship, recreational centers, and airports to protect the citizens and critical national assets. In his words, quote, the force remains sensitive to issues of rights violations, illegitimate use of force, and has since deployed the monitoring unit, the ex-squad, and the force provost unit on joint operation nationwide, end quote. The inspector general of police assures everyone of improved service delivery, especially in the coming year. And staying with the police, those who thought the corruption allegations made against the former head of the IGP intelligence response team, Mr. Abakiari, have been swept under the carpet, may now have cause to rethink their position as the Police Service Commission says it is considering the report of the panel set up to probe the matter. The commissioner in charge of media and south-south zone at the commission, Mr. Austin Brymore, confirmed receipt of the report submitted by the IGP when he spoke with journalists in Abuja. Mr. Kiari, a deputy commissioner of police, was indicted in July this year for his alleged role in a $1.1 million internet scam by social media influencer Abbas Ramon, 
also known as Hush Puppy, and four others. Let's now turn our attention to the mood of the season and how Nigerians are making their way to their various destinations ahead of tomorrow's Christmas celebrations. Passenger numbers are doubling just as domestic airfares are hitting the roof with return tickets for an hour's flight costing over 100,000 naira. However, some passengers who booked their tickets online ahead of their trips to beat the hike have been saved the current hardship. Our aviation correspondent, Bukola Joe Ketumbi, was at the airport today to witness what may be described as mild chaos. The large number of passengers present in this departure hall at the Moritala Mohamed Airport in Lagos shows that the festivities in, and most passengers are abiding by the nose mask rule. This time of the year is not devoid of disruptions. It could be cancellations, it could be delay, and it also comes with increase in passenger fares. We asked some passengers to share their experience with us. Not really, because I bought my ticket a long time ago. I knew this was going to happen, so I prepared for it, and I, we bought our tickets quite a while ago. Down to Lagos, the fares were quite expensive. And Are you just fell off the figure? I think within the range of like, um, Maybe like okay in the in the black market like possibly when you are buying out of the airport like eighty three eighty four thousand there about okay. yeah one way so I'm traveling back to Abuja I actually came from Lagos and going back uh, as you can see uh, the whole place is crowded uh, coming all the way from from Abuja down to Lagos the fares were quite expensive. Before the Yuletide season, major cities in Nigeria, which include Lagos, Abuja, and Port Harcourt, had their return ticket costing between 60,000 to 73,000 naira for a return ticket. But now, those same cities on a return fare cost between 97,400 and 120,000 naira. While it's smooth sailing for some, others are not so lucky as cancellations creep in. A few minutes ago, I got another message saying the flight for 110 has been cancelled. Only for me to approach the customer service and they said that text message that I got is not correct. We don't even have any clue. Re getting to the officials, they couldn't even provide any. They were even not ready, not even ready to assist in any way. They're not give, nobody is giving any information. Aircraft capacity is a big issue at this time as passengers number double. Major domestic carrier airpiece has deployed its regional jets. As the Hamilton condition is not yet at the peak where it impacts on flight safety. Bukola Ju Ukitumbi, Channels Television News. From air to land travel, the story is the same. The rising cost of transportation appears to be a major issue for those traveling on road. While the various motor parks visited witnessed low patronage, some passengers have taken to the roadsides, hoping they would get affordable transportation to their destinations. Correspondent Chris Lems reports. Vehicles from the Lagos end pouring their numbers onto the ever-busy Lagos Ibadan Expressway as preparation for the festive period reaches a high tempo. But the various motor parks in Bega, Ojota, Jibou are not as busy as they usually would be at this time of the year. 
Just a handful of passengers are on the ground, waiting for the buses to be filled up. The drivers say the turnout has been low. Because everybody's complaining there's no money, no money. So that's more reason that we don't have any passenger here. For the passengers going to the eastern part of the country, the cost of traveling is risen astronomically as against a few months ago. When I came um, August this year, it was just five. Now that I'm, now that I'm going, I, I'm spending 10,000 naira, which is very bad. And I, I came here with 20,000 naira, so I can buy two tickets, 10,000 naira. But I came here and they tell me 30,000 naira for two of us. So um, it was very, very annoying. The situation appears different for those heading to other Western states. Under, under my chairman, they, they don't allow us to increase a one naira to the transport. Why we carrying from January to December is what they're carrying today. It's taking one. No, no complaining, no increase, no reduction. The price seems very, it seems very enough because we know we're actually in the festive period and you're conversant with stuff that it goes up. But the price is, is okay. Desperation seems to have led a few others seeking affordable fare to the roadside despite the heavy security risk involved. So entering at the park does not guarantee safe journey to where we are going to. Uh, what we just want is for them to bring down the price for us to get to where we are going to safely. However, Amuchi Lumelu, a transport consultant, says several factors, including insecurity, despite the multiplicity of police checkpoints, and rising cost of spare parts, are partly responsible for the current situation faced by travelers. Then you have uh, the high-handedness of uh, officials, you know, people collecting money on behalf of their uh, local government, you know, and uh, so, you know, uh, this uh, uh, tout, you know, on the road, stopping people, disturbing uh, passengers, disturbing the transporters. So the tra it's a bad time, you know, for, for transporters. Meanwhile, in the spirit of the season, the federal government has declared free train rides for passengers from December 24th to 4th of January 2022. A statement released through the Ministry of Transportation says all COVID-19 protocols are to be strictly adhered to during such rides. The challenge is notwithstanding, Lagosians are on the move to go spend the holidays with their loved ones wherever they are. While those left behind would want to relish the free flow of traffic that usually characterizes Lagos roads at this time of the year, the general expectation is that the new year ushers in a new beginning. Chris Lemps, Channels Television News. In part two after the break, the president felicitates with Christians at Christmas, urges Nigerians to embrace vaccination and look for silver lining in the middle of a pandemic. Stay with us. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're watching the news at 10, live on Channels Television Lagos. Here's a reminder of our top stories. Rocket attack on Meiduguri concerning. Federal government admits, but says terrorists failed to achieve their objective, the shores of safety in Abuja. 
Ahead of tomorrow's Christmas celebrations, Nigerians continue to make their way to their destinations, but complain of high cost of transportation. The president felicitates with Christians on the occasion of Christmas, urges Nigerians to embrace vaccination and look for silver lining in the middle of a pandemic. And thousands of Christmas flights cancelled amid new restrictions to check Omicron spread. Ahead of the festivity tomorrow, the president has sent his Christmas felicitations to Christians in the country and all over the world. In his message, President Muhammad Buhari asks Nigerians to look for a silver lining in the second consecutive Christmas occurring in the middle of a pandemic. He also urges citizens to get vaccinated. In his words, I want to use this opportunity to appeal to our dear citizens to embrace vaccination, which is the best scientifically known bulwark against the pandemic. He recommends security forces and highlights the need to intensify efforts against insecurity, not only in Nigeria, but also in the West African subregion. He says, quote, let us utilize the opportunity that this festive period brings to encourage ourselves so that the machinations of the wicked ones in our midst will find no place to thrive, end quote. The president also asks Nigerians to spare moments to reach out to the less privileged while felicitating with family and friends. Time now for more on the news at 10 from our Abuja studios. And my colleague, Linda Kigbe, brings us more. Hello, Linda. Hello, Bukola. Compliments of the season. In the meantime, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control has launched the hashtag Celebrate Responsibly campaign, which focuses on ensuring Nigerians adhere to public health guidelines during the Yuletide season. According to the Director General of the Center, Dr. Ifedayo Adetifa, Nigeria has recorded 45 cases of the Omicron variant. He was speaking at a virtual interactive session with journalists during which he explained that most of the cases are not among the travelers from outside the country. Correspondent Kayla Megwa reports. Hello, Nigerians. The Director General of the Nigeria Center for Disease Control, Dr. Ifedayo Adetifa, is just two months into his new job and he walked straight into the third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic and now it is the fourth wave. In this Yuletide season. As the country navigates the Yuletide celebrations, the center is launching a Celebrate Responsibly campaign at this virtual interactive session with journalists. This involves, of course, fully adhering to all the public health safety measures, mask use especially, physical distancing, hand washing, getting vaccinated, um, avoiding you know, gatherings, uh, crowding, uh, especially in the indoor spaces. Uh, and of course, those of us city dwellers um, do not take COVID back um, from the city to the village when we all um, migrate back to um, celebrate Christmas. The attention shifts to the Omicron variant of COVID-19, which according to the director, is prevalent in this fourth wave of the pandemic in Nigeria. We have 45 Omicron cases, uh, and uh, most of them are actually now no longer um, in travelers. So this is why I said earlier in response to my question that the wave we are witnessing is probably related to 
um, this more transmissible Omicron variant, which now appears to, at least in the last two weeks or so, has increasingly and now appears to have replaced um, the uh, Delta variant. He advises Nigerians who suspect they have malaria to do a COVID-19 test, adding that the center is not neglecting its responsibilities to tackle other diseases. Up until a few weeks ago, we had teams in up to seven locations across the country helping states to respond to cholera. Um, just last week, we had teams in um, Abuja and in Nasarawa helping to respond to Lassa fever. We've also uh, started to prepare states um, and we uh, provided information about the risk of cerebrospinal meningitis, which again is another condition that tends to have an uh, increasing number of cases um, this time of the year. The National Center for Disease Control is committed to sequencing all positive samples from inbound travelers starting with South Africa. Kayla Megwa, Channel Television News. Now, after the outcry trailing the National Assembly's decision to postpone action on the President's refusal to sign the Electoral Act Amendment Bill, Senate President says the Assembly's final decision on the matter will be in national interest. Senator Ahmed was speaking after a visit to the presidential villa. That, that I think, is no more an issue. The National Assembly, Mr. President, has within assent and he has written to us in the National Assembly. So the matter is not whether I'm surprised or not. Uh, I shouldn't express any surprise because we have our own processes. He has his own and we did our own and he has done his own now. So the ball is in our court for us uh, to look at the observations Mr. President uh, has raised and see how we react to the observations Mr. President have raised. But I want to say this, that at the end of the day, what will come out of all these processes will be to the benefit of our electoral processes. It will be an outcome that will ensure that INEC is able to monitor these processes properly, that our political parties are also able to, to be strong, that at the end of the day, Nigerians should have an electoral act amended to make the, 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 the election of Nigerians into various uh, uh, offices, very, very transparent, full of integrity. And of course, uh, we, 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 we will be proud at the end of the day that we, we, have, we are part of that history of uh, amending uh, the Electoral Act to make our electoral processes better. In other stories, over 300 billion naira is the amount the federal government spends yearly as stipends to beneficiaries of the social investment program. The national coordinator of the program, Dr. Umar Bindu, explains that the government is committed to increasing the funding for the program. He was speaking at the graduation ceremony for the latest batch of trainees under the End Knowledge Scheme in Abuja. These beneficiaries of the NPAL scheme are drawn from the six states in the north central region, including the federal capital territory. The scheme, which is under the end knowledge training component of the National Social Investment Program, aims at reducing poverty and unemployment rates across the country. 
About 60,000 of them participated in the exercise, which lasted for two months. Under the arrangement, the beneficiaries are trained under NPAR Tech, NPAR Creatives, NPAR Build, NPAR Public Health Workers, Agriculture Extension Workers, and Volunteer Teachers. I want to emphasize again that every trainee must see this opportunity as a blessing that must not be wasted. Having interacted with various kinds of people from different backgrounds, making friends, learning together, discovering together, they put all these efforts to practice as this, as this will shape your future. Each of the beneficiaries is expected to get a monthly stipend of 10,000 naira for a period of nine months, which includes their period of apprenticeship. The non-graduates have packages, as you can see, computers, welding facilities and so on, and soldering facilities and so on. They take this as their own starter packs. After being trained, they can actually go and do their own businesses. So um, it is, as I said, very ambitious. And um, the government is investing, as I said before, between 300 to 400 billion naira every year to sustain this program. Starter packs and certificates were issued to the beneficiaries to mark the end of the training. I learned about landscaping, video editing, graphic design, so much more that I know that um, living here, I could see how great Nessia is because we are not just taught, we are not just grouped, we are giving up, um, we are also giving the equipment to better ourselves, to eradicate poverty from our lives. A total of 510,000 beneficiaries of the scheme have been employed by the federal government and more are expected to be engaged in the coming days. And still ahead on the news at 10, the federal government signs MOU with Developing Africa Group to create the continent's first intellectual property rights commercialization project in Nigeria. That's on business news. Please stay with us. Welcome back. The Vice Chairman of China Africa Business Council and Chairman of Choice International Group, Chief Diana Chen, has been speaking on the essence of the Belt and Road Initiative. It is an infrastructure development strategy adopted by China as its plan to contribute to global development. In an exclusive interview with Channel's television business correspondent, Ine John Mekwa, she elaborated on the China government trade plans for the continent for the next three years. Now, it is a new global strategy enter from China's size. Uh, because when we see about the globalization, that, that kind of uh, concept are introduced and start from the Western countries. And also they are using the WTO organization to carry most of the trade uh, uh, transactions across the world and also use the financial instrument, for example, Swiss, and also the other international trade uh, means. They are, they are the modern of globalization. Uh, only that when presidency come to the power, then they think, he think, there is, maybe there is another way from China can contribute to the world, that uh, there is some harmonious way to unite all this work again. Because after uh, this WTO, uh, over 100 years, there are some uh, challenge and conflicts. 
between the country and country, so many things of uh, uh, not so much harmonies. So China we need to some other wisdom we can introduce. That's that's we uh, coin this Belt and Road Initiative. It's not a demanding, it is an offer of support. Uh, in this year forecast, the uh, Chinese government just made announcement that in the next three years, uh, with this uh, 10 e-commerce platform uh, building, uh, Chinese government target to import 300 billion USD dollar products from Africa to China. So you can see, just now you mentioned now it's one billion something, right? In three years, we attack 300 billion. So it's a very significant uh, increase and in growth if you would, we take this opportunity. And up next on the Music 10 is Business News with Teniola Shubawali. Banking, so easy, so simple. Dial star 894 hash now to experience it. You first, first bank. Thanks a lot, Bukola. Welcome to Business News. The federal government has signed a memorandum of understanding with the UK-based Developing Africa Group to create the continent's first intellectual property rights commercialization project in the country. According to the Minister of Industry, Trade and Investment, Mr. Adini Adebayo, the MOU will allow the group to use IPR as a means to resolve trade challenges facing Nigeria as well as create jobs. The high cost of commodities is affecting the purchasing power of residents in Lagos State as they make last-hour purchases for the Christmas celebration. Sellers are also complaining of lower patronage compared to the 2020 Christmas celebrations. Our correspondent, Will Ibong, reports. Everyone looks forward to Christmas, irrespective of age, status, as well as location. But what determines the success of a Christmas celebration is the purchasing power. And with inflation rates of about 15.4%, it is not so certain that a lot of people will be able to do good shopping for this Christmas. But let's get into the market and see what's trending. There seems to be enough supply of goods at the Maltov market as trucks of foodstuff are seen ready to be offloaded. Lagos residents had seen trying to make last-minute purchases for the Yuletide. While the crowd seems busier than last year, it may be safe to say that the rising cost of commodities has affected demand. I wish that the price is like uh, 15, 20,000 naira. You understand? Especially where you can manage, we have a, a, a many families. You understand? Can buy one bag. Or one and a half, I understand. But basically, we're supposed to buy one bag, we'll buy a quarter. Our findings show that a 50 kilogram bag of rice is currently sold at about 30,000 naira. A basket of tomatoes is sold for about 20,000 naira, while the price of a 25 kilogram of vegetable oil was about 27,000 naira. <laughs> Buyers lament the high cost of commodities in the market. They've actually doubled in pri their prices. You know, what you get for 5,000 is now 10,000 naira. Even prior to Christmas period, the things have been high. Everything, like, doubled up the price. Everything. Some blame the hike in food prices on security in the northern part of the country, which affect transportation of goods. The price of diesel is high. 
because this super little house, there are some filling stations you go, you buy it at the rate of 350, others 360. And the secondly, the lack of good roads. We have a challenging of uh, insecurity in the north, whereby a farmers cannot move to their farm to go and farm their products. So this challenge has caused a lot of problems to the farmers and has give contribution to the, the, the increment of the price of the product. At the Kara cattle market, located along the Lagos-Ibadan Expressway, the situation is the same as buyers lament hike in the cost of livestock. Now, the equities market made a U-turn into positive territory in today's session. Will Ibong has the summary. Hello and welcome to the Stock Market Report. It's the eve of Christmas. Guess who showed up in the market? With a 0.08% uptick in the all-share index, equities seem to be trying to plow ahead, largely on the back of Bellwether, Pisa Cousins, and Lafarge, despite the low turnover recorded today. Total value of shares traded was below a billion naira, while volume stood a little above 100 million units, as stocks on the top trade list made very little contributions. However, key indexes were mostly in the positive territory at the close of today's session. So does this set the stage for more wins as we head into the last week of the year? We hope so, as it is still a Merry Christmas from us. And that's the Stock Market Report. I'm Will Ebank. Back to you. Thanks a lot, Will. Let's check out the closing numbers for other major equities around the world. And that's business news tonight. It's back to Bukola for the rest of the news at 10. Banking so easy, so simple. Dial star 894 hash now to experience it. You first, first bank. Thank you, Teniola. If you're not familiar with the tradition in Lagos at this time, you know that Christmas is in the air by the different lightings and decorations in the heart of the city. Coming off the back of a lackluster celebration as induced by the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, the lights are back in strategic places as Christmas celebration and fanfare return. The Lagos Christmas makeover cuts across from individuals to corporate bodies, creating their best Christmas impressions. On the Kurudu Road on Lagos mainland, Select buildings are covered in friendly lights with notable Christmas emblems. On the island, it is the battle of the roundabouts. First stop is at Awoloa Junction in Ikoyi, where light tunnels, fountains and other ensembles create the Christmas theme. Next stop, the roundabout at Marina. Thousands of tiny bulbs form the conifer-shaped Christmas tree and other Christmas emblems like the Lone Star that guided the gift-bearing wise men to the manger. 
And if there was a prize for best decoration, it would go to the Ajosia Adeogun roundabout on Victoria Island. First, the entire stretch of the road takes a different look, creating an ambience of festivity. The roundabout this year houses a giant light castle surrounded by stars, and many are already basking in its beauty. It feels like culture at this point in time, so when it wasn't here, like last year, we didn't get to see it. It was kind of like uh, a difference, there was a difference in the vibe of Christmas, so I feel like this being back really like pushed you in that mood. People stop by, take pictures, it's such a nice place to be. Lightings and decorations have become significant tradition of Christmas celebration across the globe. Now, different reports have tried to trace the origin of this celebration to different periods and different places in time. But one thing is very certain, these decorations have helped embellish and add the glitz to the celebration of Christmas. Abide Midairo, Channels Television News. And coming up next, millions face travel disruption around the world as thousands of flights are cancelled to curb Omicron spread. And more international news from our London studio. Stay with us. Welcome back. Millions of people around the world are facing travel disruption and increased COVID restrictions over Christmas as the surging Omicron variant sees flights cancelled. For more international news, here's Simon Pusey with Around the World in Five. Good evening and welcome to the Channel Studios here in London with your international news around the world in five. At least 37 people have been killed and about 100 others injured after a packed ferry caught fire in southern Bangladesh. The blaze on the three-decked vessel started mid-river near the town of Jalakathi as it sailed from the capital Dakar to the town of Barguna. Some of the victims drowned after jumping into the water. The number of casualties in Friday's disaster is likely to increase as many of the passengers have severe burns. As many as 500 people were reportedly on board the vessel. The fire is believed to have started in the engine room and quickly spread as the ferry travelled along the Suganda River in the early hours. The blaze reportedly continued for several hours. Two more Hong Kong universities have taken down monuments commemorating the Tiananmen Square massacre. There is now just an empty space at the Chinese University of Hong Kong where the Goddess of Democracy statue once stood. It was modelled after the original statue erected by Chinese students in 1989 and paraded in Tiananmen Square just before the massacre. It comes a day after Hong Kong police removed a memorial statue marking the massacre of students in Beijing in 1989. The Chinese state has increasingly been cracking down on political dissent in Hong Kong. A court in Uganda has charged 15 people, including a pregnant woman, with terrorism over their alleged role in several attacks in the country. Most of the defendants were accused of being members of Allied Democratic Forces, a militant group which is part of the Islamic State group. The authorities say the group is behind four recent bombings. Uganda launched a military offensive against the ADF in the neighbouring Democratic Republic of Congo. More than a dozen Western allies have condemned what they say is the deployment of Russian mercenaries to Mali. It comes one month after transitional president Asimi Goita officially received four Russian helicopters. The 15 European nations and Canada accuse Russia of providing material support in the deployment of mercenaries from the Wagner Group. 
Russia denies any government links with the private military company. The EU has recently imposed sanctions on the group, accusing it of involvement in serious human rights abuses. There's been mixed reaction in South Korea after the sudden pardoning of the country's former president, Park Geun-hye, who was jailed for corruption. Park was brought down after being found guilty of colluding with a friend to receive tens of billions of won from major conglomerates, mostly to fund her friend's family and non-profit foundations. A spokesperson for President Moon Jae-in's office said pardoning Park was intended to solve our differences in opinions and give way to a new era of unity. She added that Park's deteriorating health had also been considered. Cambodia's long-time ruling party has voted to endorse Prime Minister Hun Sen's eldest son as future Prime Minister, but did not specify a time frame for when he might succeed his father. A statement from the Cambodia People's Party said its central committee unanimously endorsed Hun Manet as the Prime Minister candidate in the future. Earlier this month, Hun Sen said he would support his son as his successor, but did not say when he would retire. He has been in power for 36 years. The world's first dual-mode bus and rail vehicle, which runs on both road and rail tracks, will begin operating for the public in Japan's Tokushima town of Kayo on Saturday. The dual-mode vehicle, which resembles a minibus, runs on normal rubber tyres when moving on conventional roads. As it arrives at an interchange station, steel wheels descend from the underbelly of the vehicle onto the rail track to begin transforming it into a train carriage. Developed since 2002, the DMV system has a capacity to carry 21 passengers and runs at a speed of 60 kilometers per hour on rail tracks and 100 kilometers an hour on public roads. And finally, a herd of elephants in Santa Claus costumes have brought gifts of face masks and hand sanitizer to primary school students in central Thailand. The elephants have been paying year-end visits to schools in the area for nearly two decades, but since the pandemic hit, the usual yuletide cheer of candy and presents has shifted to hand sanitizer and face masks. Organizers said they held the event to encourage students to return to the classroom after months of taking online classes from home. And that's your international news around the world in five. Now back to the Channel Studios in Lagos. Thank you, Simon, and welcome to Sports News. Reports in England indicate that Super Eagles forward Odioni Gallo is one of a few strikers Newcastle United are looking at ahead of the January transfer window. Igalo, who has had previous spells in the league with Watford and Manchester United, is currently playing for Al-Shabaab in Saudi Arabia. Igalo is the joint top scorer in the Saudi Professional Football League this season with nine goals. And Tottenham Hotspur manager Antonio Conte says he is worried about players' fatigue if those who are recovering from COVID-19 have to play twice in three days. Conte's team had to deal with a COVID-19 outbreak earlier this month, which led to three games in all competitions being called off. COVID-19 outbreaks have forced the Premier League to postpone games, creating a fixture pileup. And Crystal Palace manager Patrick Vieira insists the Africa Cup of Nations is important for the continent and should be treated the same as the European Championships. Even though Premier League clubs may be able to delay releasing players to the tournament, the former France midfielder says he would never prevent a player from competing in the competition. Palace players Wilfred Zaha, Jeffrey Schlupp, Sheikho Kuyate and Jordan Ayew are also set to play at the AFCON. And that's sports news. It's back to Bukala for the rest of the news at 10.
Thank you, Victor. And the main news again. The federal government today expressed concern about the rocket attack on Meduguri yesterday, but explained that the terrorists failed to achieve their objective. It also assured residents of Abuja of their safety. And that's it on the news at 10 tonight. Thank you for watching. I am Bukola Samuel Wemimo. From all of us here, it's good night and Merry Christmas.